Hey everybody, what's up? This is Ari in the Air. If you don't know me, I'm a professional paraglide pilot and highliner and have self-validated myself to commentate on the state of the world. <laughs> I recommend you self-validate yourself to do whatever it is that you want as well. And today on the podcast, we're going to talk about a holistic view of climate change. All right? So... Without further ado, let's get into it. When I say further ado, I mean further necessary ado, and a few minutes of some really good music is definitely necessary and sets us in the right headspace for us to begin a conversation where we certainly need to open our hearts and our minds to the possibility of our greatest possible potential, both individually and collectively, both as far as our climate, our environment and humanity as a whole. So, if we want to talk about the holistic view of climate change, what are we even talking about? So, we've, in the last, um, I don't even know, 10 years or so, we've seen a number of pushbacks against certain practices here in the Western world, particularly against Western medicine, most people my age would hold a pretty solid disdain for the pharmaceutical industry that gives a pill for an ill and doctors who doctors who exploit their practice for profit and we've also seen a welling of the ideology that we're all connected, that we are one. We're also seeing in quantum physics, we are seeing the interconnectedness of our atoms to our cells, to our organs, to our organism. Even in ecology, biology, we are seeing the interconnectedness of every species, of every plant, the whole world is a living, breathing organism in and of itself. Even in psychology, we are seeing that parts of us and experiences from years ago, things that we don't even remember from our childhood, can well up and have profound effects on different aspects of our lives, that our psyche is interconnected. But 
the same people who will say that we are one tend to have a bit of intellectual inconsistency when they say that humans have destroyed the earth or that we are parasites on the earth. And I can see why the messaging that has been pounded into us over the last decade of climate change and fear-based emergency has led us to have what I would describe as self-hatred. There is a disdain for the way that humans have treated the planet. And if there is a disdain for the way humans at general, in general, have treated the planet, then a internalization of that sentiment towards the collective is swallowed by the individual. Because I think that we all know at our very centers that we are human, that we are connected, that we are not outside of the whole. And this is very true. We know it at our core. So if our mouths say humanity has destroyed the earth, China is the biggest polluter, our highest selves know that, okay, wait a second, we are connected to both China and to the collective, so if we hate the collective and or China and or the United States or Donald Trump for polluting the environment, then we kind of hate ourselves. And this is something that is not new to psychology in a Western sense. It is eons old in, West, uh, in Eastern knowledge that the way we feel about anything is a mirror of how we feel of ourselves. And if you look at the Jesus, the Buddhas, the Krishnas, these enlightened beings who are merely mythological representations of our own true self, you see that they have essentially espoused the ability to hate anything knowing that hatred projected onto the outside world is merely a manifestation of the hatred we have inside of ourselves. Which is, I think, a big swallow for a lot of people who have grown up inside of the machine that says that you are separate from one another, that America is separate from Mexico and Canada, and that humanity is separate from the planet. And that humanity, this separate entity, has destroyed our climate and has done so because of greed and hatred and we are soon to self-terminate because of our greed. And in the interim, we are threatening indigenous communities and basically giving us myriad reasons to hate ourselves and to hate what humanity has done. The delivery of the message that I'm referring to is essentially one of alarmism, crisis, panic. You see this in Greta Thunberg, 
who at the UN delivered a very strange, I don't know if you've watched this, but if you Google it, watch Greta Thunberg's, it's about five and a half minutes of her, her speech to the UN, which honestly, she looks like a, like a kind of like a robot, kind of like she turns on the waterworks. She's sitting there kind of calmly and peacefully. And then she looks at her script and she basically bursts into theatrical delivery of what is essentially a hate and resent filled address. And I guess, I guess if, if Greta Thunberg is the prophet of doom for the climate movement, especially those of us who are younger than 30 years old. She's a child. She's 16. She's Swedish. Sweden, as you know, one of the world's richest countries. Greta Thunberg has grown up in the safest, most abundant time that humanity has ever known, ever, and is a vehement complainer of that. But furthermore, I think it's important to understand that Greta Thunberg is autistic. She has Asperger's syndrome and OCD and faced years of deep, dark depression starting at 11 years old when she started paying attention to the news and the news was espousing this doom and gloom viewpoint of climate change, that humanity has acted out of greed and out of hatred, and that they have stripped the world of its resources and destroyed it without respect to Mother Nature. And because of their greed, that the planet is coming to a cataclysmic end. This is something that sent the 11-year-old autistic obsessively compulsed Greta Thunberg into a deep depression where she lost 25 pounds at 11 years old. She went into what they call selective mutism, which is that she was silent. And so you can imagine, and, and when I, when I talk about Greta and her mental illnesses, I don't do it without sympathy. I sympathize enormously with her enormously. I remember when I was a child and I watched the news and they were talking about nuclear war with Iran and Saddam Hussein and all of this stuff. And I literally remember crying, crying to my dad and being like, oh my God, like, are we going to go to war? Like, are there going to be tanks rolling up Canyon Drive into my front yard? Like, is this like going to be a thing? I was really upset. I was probably 12, 13 years old, 10, 12. And he reassured me, no, no, no. Which is funny because he still watches the nightly, the world news tonight, every, pretty much every night. And I feel like he is, he watches the news and believes at some level it's real. And so I sympathize with Greta so much. But I also have to say what a sick and fucking twisted set of parents for them to let their child be obsessed and compulsed by the news. And then when she becomes more obsessed and more filled with hate that 
she then becomes the mouthpiece for a political movement. Oh my God. Not to mention all of the crazy people who let themselves be whipped into a hysterical fervor by the obsession and compulsion of a 16-year-old autistic child who is speaking not without eloquence or without delivery. Obviously, she has some serious delivery. But to not understand the root of her obsession is to miss the message and to let society be driven and to think that the whole call to political action be driven by the outrageous fear and hatred and disdain and resentment towards adults and previous generations by a 16-year-old autistic child. Wow, that is some crazy stuff, folks. We are deep. We are deep. So, not to mention just the response by the American news media and world media in general with anyone who brings up the fact that Greta Thunberg is a 16-year-old autistic child with OCD and who has who the learning of our media talking about the climate crisis sent her into a two-year deep dark depression that she came out on the other side of as a what I would consider a hate-filled activist. The problem with what I think Greta Thunberg is talking about is that it lacks any kind of holistic view. What I mean is that, I talked about this in my last podcast, but if you're going to look at climate change, anthropogenic climate change, that is, man-made climate change, then it's really important to understand the story of why. How and why has man carved its way into mountains? How and why has man sucked the greasy dinosaur bones out of the crust of the earth and put it into internal combustion engines and heated our houses with it and air-conditioned our hospitals with it? And the reality is that existence is brutally filled with suffering. It is especially in the previous 150 years to our existence, existence on earth as a human has been fraught with illness, sickness, starvation, war, violence. People trying to live in frigid temperatures, trying to keep their children alive, trying to keep their children healthy and fed. We now live in the most peaceful, most abundant, most stable time that humanity has ever experienced. You can read myriad books on this. You can look at Steven Pinker's work. You can look at Peter Diamandis' work. You can look at Jared Diamond's work. You can look at Stephen Kotler's work. There are so many people who are doing deep aggregate research talking about why People are dying more from old age than they are from infectious disease. They are dying more from obesity than starvation. Our children 
are surviving birth at a rate that humanity has never seen before. And this technological improvement in our lives, these tools that we have used that have had a effect on our climate and certainly our environments is really important to understand. This connection between infant mortality and climate change, the connection between quality of life and climate change, life expectancy and climate change, literacy and climate change, comfort and climate change, enjoyment and climate change, recreation and climate change. This shit is all lost on Greta Thunberg. Lost. Because she espouses hatred for the people and the leaders who have come before her. She feels like she's flying, but she's not. She's actually standing on the shoulders of giants. Whew. That's just one aspect. That is the past. That is the story of why we did what we did. It is certain that there is greed in that story. It is certain that there is war in that story. Control, manipulation. Those aspects are mainly espoused by the most powerful entities which are nestled in world governments and you have to realize the hypocrisy, the idiocracy of a young girl or anyone exposing climate change as our crisis of our generation and then trying to plea the government, the world's largest aggressor of war and oil, to be the sole agent of change. You got to kind of giggle at that one, right? So, to have a holistic view of climate change that encapsulates both why we did what we did, what we're currently doing, what individuals can do, and myriad other factors, basically, if you zoom out, a holistic view of climate change mandates that the health of humanity and the health of the climate are undividable, unindivisible. The health of the climate and the health of humanity are indivisible. And just as when you look at a human life and you look at from a holistic viewpoint on someone's health, you don't just think, are they skinny? Are they breathing? Is their heart beating? No, a holistic view means how are they physically emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally? What are their relationships like? What are their thoughts like? Do they have purpose? Do they have meaning and connection? This is how you really look at a person's life, and you should look at your own as such. You are an incredibly dynamic creature. You are from the universe. You are from the earth. There is nothing more natural than you. There is nothing more natural than a skyscraper. It is 
something that is lost on people today. That cars are a natural evolution of the universe. That skyscrapers have risen out of the ground from literally the same process of evolution that trees have. Can you believe it? Yes, you are part of the universe and you cannot separate yourself from that. You are a part of the earth and you cannot separate yourself from that. You are a part of humanity and no, you cannot separate yourself from that. You have to start there. You have to start there that you are dynamic and connected to everything. Because if you don't start there, then you're already wrong. It's a foundational truth. It's not an optional truth. It's foundational. How we talk about that truth in all these different realms of academia or intellectual or spiritual pro progress is you can look at it from myriad points of view, but the reality is that you are connected and you are part of the earth. Humanity and the earth are indivisible. So, if we're to look at the health of a person, we look at their, the things that they eat, their diet of food, their diet of media, their diet of relationships, their diet of exercise, their diet of what they look at, what they see, what they smell, what they think, how they feel, all of these things. This is all part of the well-being of a person, Okay. So if you want to look at the well-being of the climate, it would be silly to do it from merely a thermometer point of view. Merely by saying how many parts per million are in the atmosphere of carbon or of nitrogen. Of I'm not saying... My message is not that climate science is pseudoscience. I'm not saying that we don't have an impact on the earth. Of course we do. Everything is connected. Haven't I made that clear? Everything we do has an impact on everything else. Every input in our lives doesn't just affect one output. It affects, it affects, it affects all outputs. So if you have a terrible diet, it doesn't just make your gut grow it makes you sad. It leads to depression. Just you have shitty relationships, it doesn't just lead you to be sad, it leads your gut to grow. It leads to having Crohn's disease, it leads to having constipation, it leads to having pimples on your face. Your emotions feed your physical outputs your physical inputs feed your emotional outputs, your spiritual outputs, how you think, how you feel. It's all connected inside of you. It's a foundational truth that it's all connected. You are connected to the earth in the same way that your food is connected to your nutrition. Of course. So if we begin to take this holistic view and we start applying it to climate change, then what does our rhetoric sound like? I can assure you that it does not sound like alarmism, hatred, and disdain.
Because can you imagine going to a therapist and spilling your emotional problems and your therapist condemning the past you, condemning and, oh my God, can you imagine? I can't even imagine. I have a hard time even giving the accurate example of the Greta Thunberg of therapists who talk about the climate of your mind being out of whack. Whenever we have something inside of ourselves that we think needs changed, we don't typically... Actually, (laughs) when we have a part of ourselves that needs changed, we tend to treat it like Greta Thunberg treats the rest of us with hatred and disdain that we want to cut it out like a cancer, that we want to take a pill to fix it right away, that we... Any number of these things, right? Which, for those of us who have worked through any kind of emotional, traumatic experiences, the behaviors that come from those kind of fissures in our psyche, we can't really deal with them until we see them clearly as an integral part of ourselves. If we just hate it, we can't even look at it. If we're afraid of it, we're paralyzed by it. It doesn't work as an agent of change to condemn and to have hatred and disdain for parts of ourselves that we wish we could change. It doesn't work like that. And I think it's ironic that the same people who have love is the way on their bumper sticker have hatred and disdain for parts of themselves, hatred and disdain for humanity and the way they've treated the earth, but don't see the interconnectedness of everything. So, I guess I'd put it to you. If you thought that we could see our place in the universe, our place on the planet, our place in our society, in our community, in our family, in our interpersonal relationships, if we could more accurately place ourselves inside of the whole system, then when a problem arose that we needed to confront, that we needed to deal with, what would the rhetoric sound like and how does that compare to the rhetoric that we hear about climate change today? And I think if we can wonder that long enough, soon we will have a more holistic view of climate. We will place ourselves within that conversation with acceptance and love and understanding for the past and to see how we have operated and why we have done such and how we can change our thoughts and behaviors to be more aligned with the truth that we are all connected, all of our parts are connected, all of our parts of ourselves are connected and we are connected to every other person, to every other thing, to the planet and to the universe. Once we can see this then we can finally begin to aim for the stars. What is the highest manifestation of human consciousness? What is the highest relationship of stewardship that humans have for the earth, that they have for each other, that they have for their own emotions, that they have for their own nutrition? What is the highest possible altar that we can raise the collective 
of humanity too? What would the earth look like then? How do we generate energy in such a society? Now we're talking about a real fucking conversation. We are not being spit on and yelled at by a 16-year-old girl. Woo! Feels good to get that out. I love you guys, and it is imperative if you want your life to be better for you to think of yourself as not a noun, not a thing, not a, a single separate entity, but as a process that is just one process within this crazy, complicated, convoluted, interconnected process that is existence. It is the universe. You are a beautiful part of it. Do not hate yourself. Do not hate parts of yourself. Do not hate humanity for its effect. We are here. We can have this conversation because we burnt the fucking dinosaur bones. We air-conditioned the hospitals. We connected our planet through the internet and through airplanes. Fuck, we are in such good shape to make beautiful, universe-changing decisions that will, that have the potential to bring us together, to bring the parts of us in ourselves together to bring humanity together to start looking at our highest possible potential and aiming for it and reaching for it and drawing it to ourselves and drawing ourselves towards it okay love you guys we'll see you on the next episode